Good morning or good afternoon. This is Bill Wastner. We've got Spotlight on Natural Resources. With us today, we've got Dwayne Friend. Dwayne is an extension educator. And Dwayne, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, Bill, I'm a, a natural resource educator and have been uh, with uh, U of I Extension since about 1993. And most of the uh, things that I deal with are in the area of um, soil and water quality, but uh, really kind of a wide range of topics and um, uh, the topic we're going to going to deal with today is something that we usually get a qu- lot of questions on about this time of year. So, uh, uh, dealing with firewood, so I thought it would uh, be something good to talk about. You bet. That that is a very timely topic because people are, of course, getting ready for uh, the winter, and they have all sorts of questions. and And let me just throw a few your way, and um, if you think of something else that we ought to know about firewood, please inject it in. Okay. Uh, are there any types of wood that should be used more than others? Like, for example, soft woods, I guess, aren't particularly good for this sort of thing? Well, a lot of people are really particular when uh, when they go out to, to get firewood. A lot of times they have um, you know certain things that they're looking for in terms of uh, uh, how good of a fire it is, whether it has a little bit of that pop and crack to it, and even even the smell of the wood smoke itself sometimes makes a difference in, in people's preferences. And usually, though, the, the vast majority of people really like to have the uh, the oaks or the hickory-type wood. Uh, uh, that seems to be by far the most desirable by most folks, at least in Illinois. Because of the things you mentioned, the smell and, and that sort of thing, or are we concerned with ones that give off more heat? Do oak and hickory, for example, have more heat to offer than... Uh, a softer wood? Yeah, it really comes down to, to the density of the wood. Um, you know, any wood will put out a certain amount of heat. And, um, you know, when we're, we're looking at oaks and, and hickories, you know, if you took a, a cubic foot of oak, compared that to a com- uh, cubic foot of soft maple, the oak's going to give off more heat simply because it's, it's a, d- a denser wood, so there's just uh, essentially more heat per volume. If you wanted to use maple, that's fine. There's there's no problem with that. But uh, like you were mentioning with the, with the softwoods, just because they're they're less dense, it's just going to take more of that type of wood to make the same t- amount of heat. So sure. there's really not a, a a problem with with using the softer woods in most cases, as long as they're all all wood is is uh, dried out um, the way it should be dried out. Really, any type of wood will work well. Now, there are some woods like black oakist or Osage orange or those types of woods that are really even more dense than what the hickory or the oak is, but uh, there are a lot more problems with those in terms of uh, popping and sparking and those types of things. And then if people are trying to split that type of wood, too, it's usually because it is so dense, it's really difficult to uh, to uh, cut those types of wood. So it's kind of a happy medium. People uh, send tend to, to go with the oaks and hickories because they they put out a lot of heat for the volume, and but yet um, uh, they're they're still relatively easy to, to split and cut up. Well, now you mentioned that it has to be dried. How far in front of winter does it have to be cut before the wood is sufficiently dried? Is this wood that should have been cut back in the spring, or how, yes. how long ago? <laughs> a short answer to that is, yeah, it's uh, typically you're looking about six to nine months for it to really be well-seasoned. 
to the point where you're not going to have problems with uh, excessive smoke. And, and really what you're doing is if you, if you try to burn that wood that's, that really isn't dried out well, you're going to get a lot more smoke. It's going to put out less heat. And then down the road, then with that excess of smoke, then you're going to have more of a concern with creosote buildup in, uh, in your fireplaces. So then that's another thing that you'll have to, to deal with in terms of, of cleaning that out. So really it's best to keep, keep the woods good and dry, make sure that they're dry before you use them, uh, and they'll work a lot better in the fireplace overall. So if you're thinking about this now, you're probably um, not cutting it yourself. You're going to go buy it from somebody else. Tell us what things we need to know when we go to buy wood. How do we find somebody that's reputable? How, how is it priced? That sort of thing. Well, a lot of times, what and, and there, that's one of the, the things that you'll find when you go to, to purchase wood. There are some, some terms that are sometimes used interchangeably when uh, uh, one wood is being sold. And one of those main terms is you'll hear either talk about a cord or a face cord or a rick or something like that. Um, now, a standard cord by itself, by volume, is four feet high by four feet deep by eight feet long. So it's 128 uh, cubic feet altogether. And that word again is cord, C-O-R-D? Yeah, C-O-R-D. And in most cases, I mean, that's quite a bit of wood. So a lot of times people will... Uh, will not deal with that and and also you're not going to have a, a fireplace that's going to be able to hold pieces of wood that are four feet long uh, so typically what a lot of times folks will do is they'll sell what's known as a face cord and it'll still be four feet high by eight feet long but uh, be more standard um, lengths uh, to be able to put into a fireplace which is typically going to be maybe in the 16 to 18 inch range now that you what was the adjective you used in front of cord on that again uh, a face cord face yeah F-A-C-E. f-a-c-e okay yeah so it looks like a cord but it's it's typically it's just not as deep i see uh or as wide as what a, a standard cord would be mm-hmm. and with that with the if they go with the 16 inch um links on those that'll give you about a third of a of what would be considered a, a standard cord of wood and if you're if you're hauling in a, sta- a standard pickup truck, typically if if those, that amount of wood is just kind of randomly thrown in the back of the pickup, that'll that'll pretty well fill a pickup up. Now, if you stack it nice and neat, you could probably get about a half of what would be a standard cord inside a pickup. So, um, you know, that's kind of where the the differences come into into play in in how people actually sell what amount they're actually selling in terms of of comparing that to a standard cord. So now, do you normally, when you buy a cord of wood, is it pre-split typically, or um, do you do your own splitting once you get it? Well, and that that again depends on the on whom you buy it from and and um, that type of thing. Now, if, mm-hmm. if it is, in most cases, they they are going to be already split, uh, you know, ready to put in the fireplace. But in some situations, you, and particularly if you're wanting to, to go a little bit cheaper route, maybe do a little bit of that sweat equity yourself and uh, uh, do some of the, the cutting or splitting, you could probably find it uh, in larger sizes um, where you'll have to, to cut it to what you need for the fireplace. But typically most dealers, at least the ones that, that I'm aware of, would, would have it ready to go into the fireplace. 
Are there other things we need to worry about, like um, you hear about insects, and you you sure don't want to import those into your neighborhood? What should you look for there? Well, that's that's one of the things with the uh, emerald ash borer that uh, we're we're really concerned about here in Illinois, and actually part of the state is already quarantined in terms of of uh, not allowing any wood out of out of uh, the quarantined area, and that. That quarantine area basically covers all of the Chicago area, goes over a little past Rockford, and actually all the way down south from there down to just about Lincoln, uh, Illinois, just before you get to Lincoln. So it's it's a pretty wide area in uh, the northeast part of the state. But um, that's definitely one of the things that, that need needs to be concerned, uh, people need to be concerned about. And actually one of the things that uh, any firewood dealer that brings in any wood uh, from outside of the state uh, needs to do is actually have be certified. The Illinois Department of Agri- Agriculture now requires that anybody who imports wood have a, um, a certification to be able to do that. And part of that is because of the uh, emerald ash borer uh, stipulations and, and not trying to keep get that um, borer uh, any farther out of out of the quarantined area. So the the thing to watch for is to know where you are relative to these quarantined um, boundaries and don't transport out out of that area. Certainly, yeah, and actually, it's illegal to to transport any any yeah. uh, wood out of that area at this point. And um, and when looking for a firewood dealer to make a make sure that they're a, a reputable dealer, you know, if they are bringing in wood from outside of the state. Uh, you know, make sure that they are certified with the Illinois Department of Agriculture. You know, just um, even uh, not thinking so much about the uh, the insects, but in, in terms of just buying wood, you know, making sure that it, it's a good dried product, um, you know, making sure that it doesn't look like it's been sitting around for a long time, already rotted, uh, if it's wet, uh, you know, in terms of, of even being to the point where it looks rotted, of course, you know, it's not going to do well in the fireplace. So, you know, even just some of those common sense things are things that people need sure. to, to look at before they, they put the wood in their in their truck. And that, that's really, um, you bring up storage. Uh, you were talking about more from the uh, producers or the uh, firewall sell, or uh, firewood seller uh, perspective. But certainly when you get the stuff home, you have to store it properly yourself too. Uh, I suppose not store it right next to the house. What other things do you need to look out for there? Well, if you've got any type of um, uh, pallets or anything that can lift that wood off of the ground uh, to make sure that that uh, interface between the wood and the ground isn't there because uh, that will promote uh, you know, faster decomposition of the wood and also promote insect infestation. Um, so if you can keep it up off of the um, the ground, that's a good thing. Like you mentioned, keeping it away from the house, don't stack it up right against the house. Uh, those wood piles are really good places for, for mice to live. They like that as a habitat. So uh, if you have it really close to the house, you know, more than likely you're going to have some, some mice around in the area. So if you put it right next to the house, then uh, more than likely you're going to get a few of those critters inside your house. And if you've got the mice there, then uh, unfortunately, snakes also like the mice. So, not only do you have a mice uh, 
of potential infestation, you may end up with some snakes if, uh, around the house if, if they're really close or, or right against the house. So it's it's really better to kind of keep them um, keep at a little bit of a distance. Now, of course, you got to face the fact that you're going to have to carry that wood, uh, but you know you don't have to put it a half mile away to be safe. But just make sure that it's not right up against the house is is the best thing to do. I personally can recommend having a teenager. Um, definitely useful in such a situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, Good uh, way to get some exercise on it. Helpful tip. Helpful tip. Just keep a teenager nearby. So um, anything else we need to keep in mind for uh, firewood uh, and and purchase this fall? Well, a couple of things I wanted to mention. Uh, When we were talking about the emerald ash borer, there is a a website that if people wanted more information uh, on that, uh, they could go to www.illinoiseab.com. And that would give them uh, uh, more detailed information on uh, regulations and uh, firewood uh, certification and that type of thing. And again, that was www.illinoiseab.com. Very good. And they can also go into um, the Illinois Department of Agriculture website, uh, and that's uh, particularly for any firewood dealer that's wanting to get. Uh, that certification, uh, that's, uh, there's an online certification that uh, at least they can get information on and, and print out the form for that, uh, and that's through the Illinois Department of Agriculture. And we would be remiss in not mentioning our own website, uh, www.extension.illinois.edu, uh, and uh, not only information on this topic, but uh, a wide variety of others. Uh, and if you're looking for information in your state and you're not from Illinois, uh, most other extension services offer similar information. That's exactly right. And there's a particular site in, in our extension website that's uh, the, the general term for it is just Illinois Forestry and has a wealth of information on um, not only firewood but just uh, forestry issues in general. So uh, that's, that's an excellent site to go look at. Well, very good, and uh, I think that's probably all the time we have today for a Spotlight on Natural Resources. I'm Bill Wastner, and I've been talking to Dwayne Friend. Thank you very much.